So you just sang it, okay? Perfect submission. All is at rest. And basically, that's what we've been working through in the book of Ephesians in these uh, last several sermons. We've had submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We've had wives submitting to husbands and husbands laying down their lives for their wives. And now we have an address to children. So we're in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Now we're going to complete Ephesians in November. So we just have this message and three more from this marvelous book. And then we're going to do Come Down for Christmas. We're going to take that great hymn from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, about the emptying that Christ did as he came from glory to earth. And we're going to take those phrases and look at them in the context of his teaching and his life experience and ask the question, how did Christ come down at Christmas time? And how can we follow him as we come down for Christmas? All right? So we're going to be doing that. But now we are in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. And children, I want you to perk up your ears, okay? Because here the apostle addresses children. And he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So here we have an address to children. The apostle is writing his letter to the church at Ephesus. And how many children do we have in the room? Let me, why don't you stand up? Children, all the children stand up here for a minute. Where are you? Okay, we've got them all over here. Now, some of the youth stand up. Youth, we'd probably count you as children, although you're sort of on the way to adulthood. But anyway, all right, have a seat, children. Now, the scripture says here that uh, children uh, are addressed and so God speaks to children. It's the first thing I want you to hear. God speaks to children. The Apostle Paul addresses them under the inspiration of the Spirit in this letter, but they are addressed in the Ten Commandments and in other places in the Bible. Can you think of a time in the Bible when God spoke to a child? How about Samuel? I'm sure he came to mind. He was brought to the temple as a little preschooler. His mother left him there because she had committed him to the Lord to help with the ministry in the, in the house of worship. And he stayed there in the house of worship. And the scripture says about Samuel that he grew in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. And if you think about Luke 252, where Jesus is described as growing in wisdom and in stature 
and in favor with God and man, those two verses are kind of parallel. It's interesting. Maybe Luke picked up on this statement about Samuel as he considered how God worked in the life of the Lord Jesus as a boy. And the scripture says that at that time, there were not many visions from God, and the word of God was rare. It was rare for people to hear from God in that time. Perhaps they were too far from God. And God chose a child, an innocent child, a child whose heart is tender to speak to. And he spoke to Samuel in the middle of the night and called his name. Samuel thought it was Eli. He ran and woke up the priest and said, yes, sir, what do you need? And Eli sent him back to bed. I I didn't call you. And God spoke to him again, and he woke up Eli again. And the third time, Eli realized what was happening. And this is what he said to the child, Samuel. The next time you hear your name called, you say this, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Can you say that with me? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It's a good thing for a child to say to God, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I heard God as a child and responded to what God was speaking to me. How many of you heard from God as a child and responded in faith to God? Let me see your hands. All right? So all over this auditorium, there are people who heard from God as children. So when the apostle addresses children, we ought to see that as a normal thing. God speaks to children. And God is speaking through His Word to the children at Ephesus and to the children in this room right now as He says to them, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Now, it's pretty amazing, really, when you think about it. We have this letter that God inspires the Apostle Paul to send to the church at Ephesus. And there is a place in the letter where the apostle addresses children. He stops and he speaks to children. And the important thing that he has to say is this. Children, obey your parents. That's what he has to say. Now, he's already said, submit to one another. So we have this submission. We already have the submission in marriage. The wife to the husband. The husband laying his life down for the wife. And now we have the children urged to submit. So the idea of submission is not new. But when we sang the song, Blessed Assurance, I've heard it many times, but I thought about this. Blessed Assurance, or um, how does it go? Perfect submission, okay? All is at rest. Do you know the unrest that happens when you rebel against the submission God calls for? Do you, do you know what the, the turbulence of heart that happens when you will not do what God has called you to do? Perfect submission, all is at rest. There is a rest and peace that comes with hearing God say this. Because if you will obey your parents, you come under their authority And they are responsible. And if you kick against that submission, it brings turbulence into your life and the life of your family. So I would say to you, children, 
Obey your parents in the Lord. Every one of these submissions is in the Lord. Ultimately, it is submission to Christ, okay? He is Lord. We are submitting to Christ as wives, as church members to one another, as husbands in our love for our wives. We are submitting to Christ. We are following Him. As children, obeying parents, we are submitting to Christ. That's what it means. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, that doesn't mean that you obey your parents when they're right, okay? That's not what it means. It means that obedience to parents is the right thing to do, and it brings rest and peace to you. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It is submission to Christ. It is the right thing to do. We don't have to spiritually judge our parents. We simply obey. Now, you may be saying, well, I'm a little old for this. I mean, I'm already 12, you know. And really, I mean, my parents don't understand me. Have you ever had that? And they don't get me. So, what about me? Well, I want to read about a 12-year-old, okay? And uh, I want you to listen to this story about a 12-year-old whose parents didn't understand him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. That's like in your car, 600 miles, okay? Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. You know, he's 12 years old. Maybe he's with one of the relatives or friends. They just assumed he was there. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts. After three days, they found him in the temple courts. Sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. A couple things here, okay? The word parents is the same word that the apostle used in Ephesians 6.1. So it's Jesus' parents, just regular old parents, all right? Children, obey your parents. These are Jesus' parents. Another thing that happens here is his mother, Mary, says to him, your father and I have been anxious about you. She calls Joseph, Jesus' father. She uses the common word for father, pater. When Jesus responds by saying, I don't understand why you didn't know where I was. Didn't you know I had to be in the pater's house? He uses the same word, pater. Well, who's his father? Is it the father in heaven or is it Joseph? Well, Mary says, 
Joseph's your dad. Your father and I were looking for you. Now, we know that Joseph is not the biological father of Jesus. So you better be careful when you say, you're not my dad. Jesus could have said that to Joseph, but he didn't. He submitted and he was obedient to Joseph in everything. He went back with them. Now, there are lots of blended families. And there were lots of blended families back in the day of Jesus. There were many children in a family. There were early deaths, young widows and widowers who had blended families. It was a common thing. Who is your dad? It's that man in your life who has that role and authority in your home. He may be a stepdad. He may be a foster dad. He may be an adoptive dad. But he's your dad. Just like Joseph was Jesus', Jesus dad. And though, or, and though Jesus was already struggling with the idea of, you know, his parentage and saying, this is my father's house. There was, there was already that thought in him at age 12. He submitted to his earthly father, Joseph, who was also, in regular terms, his parent. There's lots of peace, perfect submission, all is at rest. There's lots of rest in just receiving this as the child and saying, Lord, I'm submitting to you as I submit to my earthly father and mother, whoever they may be. Now, I know there are extraordinary times when a father and mother ask something of a child that that child cannot do in good conscience. But I would say to you, that's an unusual thing. And the usual thing is to say, I obey and I am under the authority of my parents and this is what God has called me to do. And there is a great peace in that. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Now, this is how I want you to obey your parents, and the Scripture teaches you to obey your parents with honor. With honor. Honor your father and mother. See, the word obey, you can go mechanically through the motions. I'm obeying you. I'm taking out the trash. I don't like it one bit. Why is this my job? But I'm going to do it, and I'd rather you did it that way than not at all, okay? But your parent would really love it if you said, I consider my dad precious and dear to me, and the last thing I want to do is disappoint him. And that's the word honor. The word honor is to treasure, is to value, is to consider dear to you. And it is a condition of heart. And so, this is, these two go together. Children, obey your parents and honor your father and mother. Now, this is the fifth commandment, okay? How many commandments are there? There are ten. This one's right in the middle. If you look at the ten, you can tell that the first four, no other gods, no graven images, don't take the name of the Lord in vain, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, that all sounds like obligations to God. And if you go to 6 through 10, no adultery, no lying, no murder, no 
stealing, no coveting. That sounds like obligations to people, okay? And there were two tablets that God carved with his own finger and gave to Moses on the Mount of Legislation. Two stone tablets. And a lot of people would say obligations to God, obligations to men. And they break easy, the nine of them, into those two tablets, except for this one in the middle, honor your father and mother. Is that to God or is that to man? And the truth of it is that one's to both. Maybe more so than any of the commands, that one is to both. And when you keep it, you are honoring God as well as your parents. Now, this comes with a promise, okay? Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with a promise, as the apostle observes in the letter. What's the promise? That it may go well with you. You're going to have a quality of life that is good. Honor your parents. It'll go well with you. It'll be better for you. And number two, you'll have macro chronos. That's the Greek, okay? Macro is much and chronos is time. You'll enjoy a long time. On the planet, long life on the earth. So there's a promise here that if you will honor your parents, it will enhance your quality of life, might even extend your life to obey your parents. And then it turns to fathers. Fathers, do not exasperate. I wish somebody would Google that and just see if that's used anywhere else in the Bible. In the NIV, exasperate. It's, it's an interesting word, isn't it? In the old Bible, it says, fathers, do not provoke. Provoke not your children to wrath. Here it says, do not exasperate your children. Okay? I want to give you some synonyms that I think are true for, for us. If Dads, if we're going to keep this, and I've got children and grandchildren that I love and my grandchildren are sometimes with us and they're here right now and uh, some of them okay so how do I keep this command okay fathers do not ridicule do not demean do not put down do not insult your children There's an instead here in this verse that helps us even more understand what not exasperating is all about, okay? Do not exasperate your children, okay? Instead, okay, so I'm about to look at a contrast between what I ought to do and what I shouldn't do, okay? Instead, bring them up. And here the idea is that you bring them out of childhood into maturity, that you have this role, this task as a dad where you're helping this child grow up to independence. Instead, bring them up, okay, in two things, in the training and instruction of the Lord. Instead, bring them up. Don't exasperate them. Instead, bring them up. And the idea is nourishment. Give them nourishment. Nurture them through this uh, word of the Lord, help them be the people they can be before God. Don't exasperate them. Don't ridicule them. Don't put them down. Bring them up. I was delighted to see the Astros win the World Series. You're saying, wow, he changed the sermon then. 
I, I like the Astros. I've been there. I watched Nolan Ryan pitch from the back cage behind the catcher and uh, in the old Astrodome. And so they're my favorite team, and I'm so glad they won. Uh, the manager is A.J. Hinch. And he was pressured to take out of the lineup his leadoff batter because he had fallen into a slump. He'd done great in the season, batted 284. But he got to the American League Championship Series, and for that series, he batted 115. I mean, that's miserable, okay? And they started the seventh game of the World Series, when, or, or the second game of the World Series, with everything on the line. And he was pressured to take him out because he had struck out four times in the first game of the World Series. Had a miserable American League Championship Series and then struck out four times in a row in the first game. And the manager said, no way. George Springer is our leadoff batter. And instead of pulling him out, he encouraged him, he admonished him, probably instructed him because he wanted him to be all he could be. So George Springer stayed in for games two to seven of the World Series. And he hit five home runs, the most anybody's hit in a series, tied with two other guys. He was the MVP of the World Series this year. And some people thought he should have been pulled. But a baseball manager knew that he had it in him. And he said, all he's got to do is get one hit. And it'll come rushing back. And sure enough, it did. And when I thought about fathers... Don't exasperate, don't ridicule, don't underestimate, don't put down your children, bring them up. I thought about the manager, A.J. Hinch, who risked it all on a guy named George Springer and brought out the best in him. That's your job as a dad. If you do this job well, it will probably be your greatest contribution to the future of the world. You will look back at all your achievements and say, investing in the life of that son, that daughter, those children was the most important thing I did. I think about that more now that I've raised my children and my grandchildren are around me. And when I hear, hey, Papa, Let's kick the, so the soccer ball. I'm prompted more than I used to be to get up and go and interact with that child and help him grow up to be a man of God in the training and instruction of the Lord. It's something that needs to be deliberate, planned, woven into your day, woven into your thought process, it needs to be like right here in the front of your mind and heart. How do I train this child, this grandchild to honor the Lord? 
How do I bring him up? How do I not exasperate him, but help him be all he can be? Bow with me, please. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us when we were so much less than we should have been or could have been. Thank you for investing in us, caring for us, nurturing us, sending your word to us, surrounding us with people who cared. Father in heaven, thank you for being to us the greatest father, the greatest dad. Lord, we, we rejoice in you. We thank you. As fathers, we want to follow in your footsteps. Lord, we want to mimic you in how we teach our children and train them and bring them up. And God, we pray you'll show us how to do that. Give us the temperament, the patience, the intentional, purposeful word so that we might be the dads you describe here and the moms that we need to be and the children that are at rest, submitting to parents in the fear of the Lord. God, we pray that in this work of submission, we will find great delight and great joy and that your peace, the peace of Christ, will rule in our hearts as we lovingly submit according to your command. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.